We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Troji, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Troche. And Keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Bill, week four is here, the best week of the season on paper. We got top 25 matchups galore. We want to get right to them. It's clear the calendar Saturday right here, pretty much. You Just uh, if you want to get anything done, do it Friday night, do it Sunday morning, do it Sunday afternoon. But Saturday is going to be a college football day from noon to midnight. Yeah, I mean, this is the weeks you live for when you do this job. The, the, the top 25 is going to move a lot. The playoff implications are huge uh, from noon through late at night, I mean, when you have six ranked games, we probably, I don't think we'll have another week where we have six ranked games. And and some of that will sort out, but yeah. I'm excited. I mean, from Clemson to Florida State through, you know, what's going to happen in South Bend on Saturday night, we're going to have a lot of action, a lot of fun. You're, you're in one of the epicenters <laughs> of college football this week outside of Columbus. What's the mood? I excite. I mean, you know, it, so when Ohio State Notre Dame had their last home and home, I was in high school. I went to a Catholic high school. I have friends and family that like Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. So I've been in the, like Tim May in our podcast yesterday referred to it as the triad. And I, the more I thought about it, it's it's that struggle between those three programs and, and their fan bases is always great. And that's why I love it when Notre Dame and Ohio State get pulled into it together. I, I think it's going to be a scene. You know, we're talking about the green jerseys. We'll have a piece at Sporting News about the history of those. And just the magnitude of this game. I know we've gone back and forth. Um, I think Ohio State fans are you, – you said something yesterday that struck me. It's like, I, as somebody that's not a fan of either team, I think both have a complex about the other one on some level. Like for Ohio State, the complex is – Notre Dame got all this attention through the seventies and eighties. We've been the dominant program since 1990 and objectively they have in the Midwest, they have been the best program. 
And then from Notre Dame's angle, it's, you know, yours is different than what I get from my buddies, but we're in the bubble. Um, it's, I, I, we don't need to be in, why would we want to be in the big 10? We don't need them. Uh, you know, they're, they're no more of a rival than Michigan or Michigan state or USC, even less or so because they don't play. But when schools are 250 miles apart with this much national interest, both of them, there's no reason why they shouldn't play more often. I, I, I can't wait to see this game Saturday night. No question. No question. And uh, that echoes a lot of people's thoughts. Now, you said you're doing a thing on the green jerseys. I don't recall a green jersey, green pant combination. Yeah, this yeah. could be a few. This, is this a first for the Irish? It, it is. So, you know, looking back at it, obviously the USC game. And I, I spent some time on this last night, got in a little wormhole. You know, the one I remember, they didn't technically wear green jerseys. They wore green numbers when uh, it's the Cheerios Bowl with Lou Holtz and beating Florida. And I that's the one I probably remember the most because it was like uh, they're putting it on Spurrier in Florida. And that kind of added to the lore. The other games where they've worn them against ranked teams have not gone as well. You know, whether it was playing Cordell in a Fiesta Bowl or the two USC games. Although, again, the most legendary game of for Notre Dame this century is a loss against USC. That's the most memorable game they played in the green jerseys in the green jerseys. So, um, you know, I still remember watching Tom Zibikowski run that pump back. So I think it's going to make for great theater. I think part of the design of Marcus Freeman saying he wants a lot of green in there is as a former Ohio state linebacker, he knows there's going to be a lot of scarlet in there too. It's an opportunity for high state fans. Haven't had a chance to go to Notre Dame since 1996. I believe you were at that game. Did you tell me that? I was, I was. So, I mean, it, it makes for great theater. I think it's the most important game of the day. I think it'll maybe be the most watched game of the day. I mean, Colorado, Oregon may gave it a run. If you just look at the TV ratings, I think to me, Colorado, Oregon may have more viewers if Colorado makes it a game. Right. Yeah. That's, Notre Dame, Ohio State should be close for four quarters. Probably not. Uh, can't say the same for Oregon and Clemson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is going to be one of the best weekends of the college football season. Ohio State plays at Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, Ole Miss at Alabama, and Iowa at Penn State are just some of the big-time games this weekend. 
And if you're still looking for last-minute tickets to any of these huge games, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Before we get into our viewers' guide and then our confidence contest, which did not go well for me last week. That's okay. Let's get into some Trochi trivia. All right. One of the big games is what? Florida State and Clemson. And we're talking about trying to be kings of the ACC, right? So the Trochi trivia is in 2021, Wake and Pitt played for the ACC championship. Quarterback matchup was uh, Kenny Pickett, the Steelers QB, versus Sam Hartman, who is now the Notre Dame QB. Uh, Anyway, that was the first ACC title game without Clemson or Florida State since 2008. Can you name the 2008 ACC championship game participants? Hint. It's not Florida State, and it's not Clemson. So think about that. We will revisit at the end of the show as uh, Clemson and Florida State battle once again at the top of the league. we got to go way back, besides the 21 game, to find uh, an ACC title game without one of those two in it. So uh, let's jump into our viewer's guide. Like we said, it's noon, it's 3.30, it's 7.30. Things are hitting all day long. We'll start with that Florida State at Clemson game. That's a noon game. Uh, on ABC, Florida State is a two and a half point favorite on the road. And, you know, I was uh, surprised me to learn that Florida State had lost seven in a row to Clemson and nine out of the last 10 at Clemson. So it seems like the tide has obviously turned and given, but given Clemson's struggles against Duke and FSU recording that big win over LSU, you know. I would think the spread would be a little higher, but the betters certainly are not convinced yet with the two-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, You're not convinced because you picked Clemson in your Sporting News predictions at sportingnews.com. You know, I haven't seen Clemson since the Duke loss, and and I pretty much saw the whole Florida State-BC game, but I still believe in FSU, even though they didn't play well in that game. I don't know if it was the uniforms, the bandana thing, the uh, right. traveling to New England. They just they were up 31-10, and they just kind of you know sleptwalked throughout the rest of the game. I don't know. I think FSU sticks it to them and asserts control, but give me your case for Clemson. No, I, I, it was the same in the preseason. I think I 
waffled on this more than any two teams in the country because I think when we did our preseason predictions, I picked Florida State, but I had Clemson. I retyped the paragraph, checked for typos like four times because I was like, I keep changing my mind. Same thing here. I, I initially had Florida State picked, but the more I thought about it, I looked at last year's game. I know what Clemson's going to try to do. They're going to try to dominate up front. They have Will Shipley. If Cade Klubnick doesn't turn the ball over, which I think he's less likely to do at home, and that Clemson's defense is pretty good. They, they are. So I just see this as at the end of the game, you know, you pop this on if you join late. You're going to turn it on 3.30. Clemson pulls out a six-point win, and da- Dabo's talking about how everybody doubted Clemson, and we're back, and, you know, it, it's on Florida State to go in there and win that game. And if they do, you know, that would mean that Clemson had lost to Notre Dame and South Carolina and Tennessee and Duke and now Florida State. Then you can start piling on that program and wondering if they'll ever get back. But that's mm-hmm. why that's why I think they'll stand up and win. And you put two check marks, big check marks in the Florida State column with the LSU right. and then Clemson. That's that's everyone's known. They've had two big hurdles in September. If they clear them both and they're in good shape. Um did you see what Dabble's doing with the kicker situation? Did you see that? No. What happened? So they have this kid was a backup kicker for the last couple of years. He was a senior last year. He graduated, moved on with his life, but then was actually he's living in Charleston and was taking online master's courses. So technically he's still enrolled at Clemson. Dabo called him up this week and said, Hey, we want you to come and be our starting kicker. And the kid said, yeah, that's sure. That's fine. I'm still enrolled online. So he's driving back to Clemson. He's kicking against Florida State this weekend. <laughs> wow, that's that's maybe they should recruit a better kicker. I don't know. No, that's a good story, though. I love stories like that. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Uh, another game at noon. Let's talk about number 16, Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Oklahoma is a 14 and a half point favorite. I think it's Cincinnati's first Big 12 game. Uh, OU's had two walkovers and then had to fight a bit against SMU. They struggled a bit offensively in that game. They had 14 points until about midway through the fourth quarter, uh, had the same yardage total as SMU. Um, next week they're home against Iowa state and then Texas on October 7th. So this is kind of their last semi challenge before the big one against Texas. Dylan Gabriel has been super, super efficient, a over 80% of his, of his passes and, uh, 11 TDs, one interception, Cincinnati coming off an overtime loss to Miami of Ohio. That's all I saw. I dug into this one a little bit. They outgained the Red Hawks by 180 yards, got inside the 10 yard line six times, but only got two touchdowns. Uh, They had a missed field goal, I think. And then they had a uh, failed fourth and one. Then they had to settle for field goals. Um, You know, and then the last play of the regulation, they had a 35 yard field goal blocked. Uh, that could have won it before overtime. So needless to say, Cincinnati probably should have won that game. Um, I felt like this is uh, this is going to be a little bit of a test for OU. Yeah, I mean, going to Cincinnati, Big 12 opener, all those things. Cincinnati has some issues in the secondary, though. And Oklahoma had three receivers top 100 yards last week. And I, I'm going to plant this again. I think they're the most underrated good team in the country right now because Oklahoma – We've seen them go to the playoff. We've seen them win the Big 12. And I think they know Texas is getting a lot of attention, but Dylan Gabriel's playing about as efficient as you can. So, yeah, they, they might take – anytime you play in an unfamiliar, unfamiliar setting, I get it. Uh, but 
this Oklahoma machine's rolling a little bit. I like them this weekend. That's a good call. I think they are probably the most underrated. Are they in the top? No, they're 16. So they're yeah. like they're yeah. low for where yeah. they they're a little low right now. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, 330 window. We're talking Colorado again. Number 19, Colorado. They are not underrated. At number 10, Oregon, ABC. Oregon is a 20, 20 and a half point favorite was the latest bet MGM I saw. Um I'm a little worried about what Oregon's offense is going to do to these buffs in this one. Um, Colorado's missing its best corner in this game, and Travis Hunter, of course. Everybody knows that. And when Oregon gets gets the track meet started at home, it can get ugly if you don't keep pace, right? Oregon, they did struggle a little bit at Texas Tech. You know, they only scored two offensive touchdowns, but they gained 472 yards in that game, you know, and sealed it on a late pick six. Um for as exciting a game as Colorado, Colorado State was, Colorado should not be giving up 499 yards at home to a Mountain West team that was picked seventh in the Mountain West. Um, your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Uh, well, you remember last year when I bristled at the Kansas bandwagon, and this is times 100. So we'll see who's still <laughs> staying on it if Oregon wins this game. And I think Oregon will win. I just, I'm fascinated to see how long Shadur Sanders can keep Colorado in the game. What he has done the first three weeks has been absolutely incredible. Taking the sacks. We talked about that, you know, not having Travis Hunter. That's, that's huge. Oregon's a kind of a machine, you know, Dion's been quiet to this point this week. And when you know that you kind of know, maybe he knows that, that Oregon's coming. Maybe we'll get a story between now and Saturday, but Oregon hasn't put up any bulletin material absent of what Dan Lanning said this summer about the program. So, but he wasn't wrong when he said that. He seriously wasn't. Like, you can say, well, we took that personal, but what did he say that was wrong? And he wasn't, it was right. pre-Dion anyway. What no. he was referring to was pre-Dion. Yeah, so. it's like, what? what is your objection? So I, I think Oregon wins. Like I said, the ratings on this will hinge on how long Colorado hangs because I think, as with any bandwagon, once a team goes up 17 points, it's easy to to jump off. So I still am very fascinated with this week and next week with Colorado. I do want to see what they do against USC, and you know we'll see what happens. So you do a ton of radio interviews, everything all over the country. I'm sure you've been asked this question already, but I want to hear your answer. What's your favorite part of the Colorado story thus far? Shadur, Shadur Sanders, the quarterback play. And and um, definitely just what he did the other night, like driving 90, you know, when you watch a college football player, and I've done this long enough that I rarely like, you've been around me enough. I don't get like, oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever. That was a moment where I was saying, wow, over and over again on the couch. Like it was very impressive what he's been able to do. And he's been able to do it because Colorado needs to upgrade their offensive line and defensive line over the next few years. Um, once Dion has that, they'll have even more substance. So yeah, I think he he's the most interesting part of the story. I, I get Dion, but, and I get Travis Hunter and I get the massive cultural phenomenon. This has become, I understand all that, but I, I do think he's the center of it for me. And that's, what's going to keep it going. Yeah. What about what about you? It's uh, I think the sunglasses thing was so funny. I mean, it was the perfect response by Dion right. to give his team sunglasses. He's making tons of money off it. Apparently, all the blenders uh, they can't keep up with the orders and everything. And it was just like 
he just took it in stride and didn't totally talk trash back, but just took advantage of it and, and made the money. And he wears the, you know, his son has the hat with the dollar sign on it. Dion had a dollar sign necklace when he was, you know, doing his thing in the nineties and everything. And he just figured out how to cash in on it. I and then pretty funny. the other part is I, and I saw that, that this is becoming a thing where you just show the watch. Right. This is, this is not a Rolex or whatever he's wearing. This is a Hartley, <laughs> Hartley football wristband. By the way, that's a good program here in central. Ohio. A but, bit. I got a yeah, Fitbit. That's yeah. I got good. a heart. Yeah. Uh, Hartley, Hartley football's rolling right now here in central Ohio. And that's where Grant may end up. So uh, we're excited about that, but no, I think that could become a trend and, no, Shadur is just phenomenal. So we'll see. But like I said, I, I am hesitant on bandwagons because I know bandwagons aren't my thing. I've, I've, I've liked the same teams I've liked my whole life. I don't jump around. And like, I don't, I wear, uh, it's funny. Some, one of the Bella's friends at the bus stop says, you wear the same pants every day. I was like, well, they're comfortable. Why would I change? <laughs> That's who I am. So no, it, it, it's been fun to watch. I can't wait to see this weekend. You're an old man, Bender. A premier old man. I am. Um, so another fun one at three 30 and talk there was some trash talk in this one. It's, uh, number 15 Ole Miss at number 13, Alabama, uh, CBS will be doing this game. Alabama is a seven point favorite. It's defensive coordinator gate. You've been following this one. Yeah. Lane Kiffin essentially said Nick Saban, uh, demoted defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele and promoted defensive backs coach, Travaris Robinson after the Texas game. He told that on Sunday to a small gaggle of reporters. And then Monday he doubled down in his press conference. Here's the quote. He's like, well, I was asked the question, what's it like at going against Steele's defense? I wasn't trying to start this big thing. We saw things on the TV copy just where it was different. First off, what the play looked like, the calls and stuff. And so we looked into that further and then it ain't no secret that people in these buildings know each other. So we obviously got some information that way, too. And Saban refuted it at his press conference on Monday. I don't know. Lane loves to poke the bear, right? But he, uh, he, he loves, loves to, he, he's poking the guy that fired him in the middle of the college football playoff a couple of years. <laughs> he loves trolling Nick. And, you know, I just see Nick getting so annoyed, but not really. Like Nick has, you know, he responded, which in intimates that he might be a little bit annoyed but lane got to watch that though last two years ago i remember everybody getting hyped up about it and he said get your popcorn ready and what happened they were down 28 nothing because he got outside of himself he was going for it on some dumb fourth downs and alabama blew that and nick's not gonna do that you're not what i don't know what it accomplishes basically (laughs) because like it's if like nick saban got visibly rattled and it changed the way he was going to do things then it succeeded but Every attempt Lane has made to poke Nick Saban, I would say, hasn't. Maybe this is the first time it has worked because Saban actually responded. But, you know, it, it's going to be now that. I mean, he's hinting that Alabama people are leaking this info to the Ole Miss people. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, you're asking for it because I, at the beginning of the week, I kind of thought Ole Miss could win this game. Now I'm going the other way because now it's Jalen Milrose in. Now that he's kind of poked a little bit. I could see Alabama winning this by seven to 10 points. I think I picked Ole Miss to cover in our picks earlier in the week, but that's, I'm going to blame Lane Kiffin if I lose that one. (laughs) Uh, So that is definitely a fun one to keep an eye on. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea. 
your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Uh, the third game, another network game at 3.30. Number 22, UCLA at number 11, Utah. Fox has got this one. Utah is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, UCLA won the game 42-32 last year, and it was only that close because Utah had an 80-yard pick six in like the last 30 seconds. Uh, UCLA was up 17, essentially, uh, in the final minute there. UCLA had 500 yards, so they played well. Um, Kyle Whittingham not saying whether Cam Rising will play Saturday still. He's basically been questionable every week so far this year uh, against Florida and Baylor teams not quite as good as UCLA but kind of on the same wavelength Utah's averaged 22 points a game uh, with the backup QBs so if Rising's out I'm feeling you know even though the Utes have won 17 home games in a row uh, it's gonna be tough to keep up with UCLA if Dante Moore plays well this is his first test this is his first big stage I don't know. What, uh, this game could go several different ways. What do yeah, you think? I mean, yeah, they, they've been impressive, but let's see him do it at Utah. That's right. not an easy place to play. I think right. the big plays, Dante Moore leads the nation in, you know, yards per completion. The big plays have been there. And the running game with the two running backs, it's reminiscent of what Chip had at Oregon. I mean, everybody, it's different, though. And, and I think winning at Utah, a little bit tougher. So that was another one. I mean, the two games in our picks this week that stressed me the most were were that. I think I switched that one. At first, I had UCLA winning. Then I'm like, well, you know, Utah doesn't lose at home, and and I've seen that movie too many times. So I kind of like the Utes. Right, and you don't know who's starting a QB either. You know, so that yeah, that's a major well, monkey in for Utah. But UCLA, John, go their ahead. freshman quarterback's been good too. So pretty good, but I mean, it's not like they lit up right. Florida Baylor yet. You know, so it'll be a good game. UCLA has played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and NC Central. And NC Central was when Dante was really going deep on those guys. But, you know, he's going to find, you know, rougher sledding this week for sure. So honorable mention in the 330 window on ESPN, two of the five undefeated Big 12 teams, uh, BYU and Kansas. So that's not going to do the ratings because of Alabama and because of Deion Sanders, but uh, a notable game, one to keep an eye on anyway, mm -hmm. uh, as we go through. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. But that sets up the evening window. I mean, hopefully those games get over by 730, 7, 730, because this, this evening window is definitely where it's at. Yes, yes. And so to kick off your evening window at 7 before the big ones, 7 o'clock on Fox, we've got – the left out bowl, right? Number 14, Oregon State at number 21, Washington State. Oregon State is a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, 
I'm saying it's the Pac-2 championship. Does it, the winner gets to raise a banner? What do you think? Yeah, I mean it's phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal game. I hope people watch. It's of, of course it's overshadowed by two, you know, primetime games with ranked teams in the in the Big Ten and Notre Dame. But I, Cam Ward, if you if you if Oklahoma is the the best team we're not paying attention to. Cameron Ward's the best quarterback we're not paying attention to. Um, I wrote a story about him last year for us, and I was probably a, a year early. I mean, I think he has been phenomenal. They beat Wisconsin. I think they win this game at home. I do, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, yeah, and DJ's been DJ struggled a little bit with Oregon State last week. This is a solid game. America's going to adopt the winner because of all those reasons you laid out. Right, and it's very uh, contrast in styles. Oregon mm-hmm. State likes to run the ball. Washington State likes to throw the ball. I think I had a number from last year's game. Oregon State ran the ball 47 times, and <laughs> Cameron Ward threw 54 passes. So big-time big contrast in styles. Here's my Cam Ward stat that is just insane. He's completing 72% of his passes. He's averaging 330 yards a game. He's got nine touchdowns and no interceptions. And here's the kicker. He's the sixth rated quarterback in the Pac-12. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. And I can't, I'm trying to think who the five ahead of him are. That's, those, are I, the num- those numbers are unbelievable. He's been great. And, and I think, again, that'll be the separator there. But certainly a game that hopefully you have a chance if you have that second TV role. And that's, that's unfortunately a second TV game, even though it's that big. The pack, the pack two, pack two title on the line. So now let's go to South Bend, number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame, 730 on NBC. Ohio State enters as a three point favorite. Uh, The two quarterbacks. So last year, the two quarterbacks Notre Dame brought with it to Columbus. Uh, Both played for power five teams last week, Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine. Combined to go 10 for 27 for 86 yards and four turnovers. So that's what they were bringing with them last year. Uh, they were bringing a, a BB gun to a, to a gunfight, and uh, they lost 21-10. Uh, needless to say, they've significantly upgraded at QB, obviously. Sam Hartman gives Notre Dame all the confidence in the world that can compete with the Buckeyes. Uh, Ohio State has the talent advantage, but this is, this is the first big test for Kyle McCord, I would say. Uh, we talk about how important quarterback play is becoming in college football. Mm-hmm. And on paper, ND has the advantage there. Uh, ND will also have the advantage of an amped up stadium. Uh, but like we said, Ohio State's got more talent, but, you know, Hartman can can hide some warts. Yeah. And we talked to Tim about Tim May about that yesterday. And the matchup really does come down to Hartman throwing the ball down the field. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, 11 to 17, 401 yards, six touchdowns, no picks on throws of 20 yards or more. Five Notre Dame receivers have 100 yards receiving or more. And we're going to find out if Ohio State's defense really is improved and really is organized, as Tim was talking about in that second year with Jim Knowles. On the other side, here's something I'm kicking around since I did the preview last night. So McCord throws of 10 yards or less, 29 to 32. 282 yards, 10 yards or more, 11 to 29. So conventional wisdom says, okay, early in the game, they're going to just think and dunk a little bit with Kyle McCord. But I'm wondering if they just don't come out and start 
letting it fly with Marvin just to let him know, hey, I mean, who's guarding Marvin Harrison? How are they? Not who, but how. You know, you could say Morrison's on him. It's not just Benjamin Morrison. They have to have safety help over the top. You can't let Marvin get get over the top. Best player in the game, best player on the field is Marvin Harrison. Then the other thing, Bill, um, you talked about that uh, running game. I always, in top 10 games, because I'm old, like you just said, and boring and, and getting older. Uh, who Prematurely went, old. Who? Pre, yeah, like a 44 going on 54. Okay, fine. But – running the ball in top 10 games. Notre Dame did not run the ball in this game last year. Ohio state did. And Audric Estime needs to get going. Ken, does he, how does he do in that into that teeth of the Ohio state defense, which features two veteran linebackers in Tommy Eichenberg and steel chambers. They, they both decided to come back to school. Um, so I think that's another hidden key in the game. And it always is in Ohio state's running game. And they've got like four different running backs. Can Notre Dame stop the run? force Kyle McCord to have to throw the ball down the field. If that happens, Notre Dame will be in good shape. Mm-hmm. And and um, those are kind of the X's and O's things, I think, other than just saying Sam Hartman has to throw it down the field. Well, of course he does. I mean, that's that's the big separator. Is uh, I, talk, I use that word a lot, but quarterbacks have been the separator in these big games. Jordan Travis outplayed Jaden Daniels. Quinn Ewers outplayed Jalen Milrow. Will Sam Hartman outplay Kyle McCord? Right. And, you know, you're going to have a ball. The stadium's going to be upside down. Game day is going to be there in the morning. It's uh, it's going to be a scene, and uh, you will be a part of it. So we can read all the coverage at SportingNews.com. Another game, uh, 730, number 24, Iowa, at number 7, Penn State. This one's on CBS, and Penn State is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, CBS going with the SEC Big Ten doubleheader. They got Alabama, and then they got Penn State. And using the same music for both is going to infuriate both fan bases on the same day. How about that? Well, it's a, it's a different doubleheader. This one will be chippy. I mean, we go back to a couple years ago, and Iowa fans were booing Penn State players. There was accusations of faking injuries, and uh, – there was a back and forth between Ferentz and Franklin afterward. Uh, Iowa scored 41 points last week. Can they – I still think Penn State's – this is their whiteout game, though, and I've been, to, I've been to whiteouts if it can just knock you out in a hurry. Uh, and, and, they, and that's not like oh, – I mean, I've watched Penn State almost beat like elite Ohio State teams in that whiteout, and it is a spectacle that bucket list type thing that every college football fan – should do. I think I've been to three of them and uh, they're fun. So, I mean, I was going to have to manage that as well. Uh, big test for the Hawkeyes, but I think this is one of those, you know, when we're writing reactions on Sunday morning, Penn State flexed a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, in this series, interesting note, it feels like this weird things happen in it and everything, but of the last nine games, eight have been won by the favorite. Yeah. And so it's not quite as wacky or loaded with upsets, but uh, there is some wackiness, of course. But Iowa yeah. has won the last two. That's where, you know, that's the yep. other part of it. Yep, yep. And one of them was there was two minutes to go. Iowa had the ball and took a knee, even though they couldn't run out the clock. They took a <laughs> knee. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Took yeah. a knee twice and punted it back to Penn State with about 40, 30, 40 seconds left because they felt like 
things were better when their defense was on the field than when their offense was on the field. So that'll be a fun game. <laughs> All right. Another uh, evening slot ABC. All the big games are on network TV, which is going to help ratings too this week. Number three, Texas at Baylor, 730 on ABC. Texas, 15 and a half point favorite. Texas has to be happy. Last week's game against Wyoming was on the Longhorn Network and nobody saw it. Uh, Alabama hangover was real for three quarters. It was 10, 10 entering the fourth quarter before they pulled away. Uh, Baylor has actually won four of six in the, in Waco in this series. And they won the last two in Waco in this series, but, uh, Blake Shapin not playing again this week, Baylor's quarterback and Baylor's only win this far was a sort of an uninspiring 30 to seven slog over long Island. Uh, so I think Texas gets right in this one. Yep, and Texas uh, beat them pretty good last year. I think that was one game I did get right. And uh, I think they had their hangover. Now they get back to focus. Quinn Ewers looks a little better. I mean, Baylor can hang in this game, no question. They have the players to do that. But, uh, you know, builds toward a couple weeks here. We're going to have Texas and Oklahoma, and, mm-hmm. I, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But that is two weeks from now, which seems like, you know, two years from now, given what we're going to watch on Saturday. <laughs> All right, let's get to our contest, okay? So the updated standings, that's still positive for uh, for me here. The standings now are uh, Trochi 20, Bender 14. Okay, last week you got five points. You got your, I think your two and your three. I went 0 for 5. First year, <laughs> in the first time in this two, two years of doing this contest, I went 0 for 5 and... Bill, none of them were particularly close. So <laughs> people faded me, and uh, they had a really good Saturday. Well, I mean, as somebody that's been through it, so I've done the picks against the spread for Sporting News, I think, for like eight years now or nine. And there was one Saturday. It was, remember when Miami throttled Notre Dame down at yes. that Saturday? I think I started the day, and you do every top 25 game, I started day like 0-11. And, and I'm like <laughs> watching games just like, please get one. Just please get one. And, and I ended up going like three and 16. It's the worst week I've ever had doing those picks. But I was like, I just don't want to be the guy that goes like, oh, and 19 and have some blogger pick that up and say, look at this idiot. Um, once you get one, I'm, I'm relaxed. So five, five <laughs> games is nothing, Bill. I've started much worse, but I'm glad to pick up a couple points on you. Let's get to it here. All right, give me your five-pointer. We pick five games a week against the spread, and we order them in a bowl confidence style. Five points for the most confident, one point for your least confident pick. Uh, Start us off. Give me your five-pointer. I mean, so I haven't got the five-pointer right, so Notre Dame fans will be happy about this. I'm going to take Ohio State minus three. I think it's the easiest. uh, When you have a short line like that, I mean, at worst I'm getting a push counts as what, half? Yes. So if they win by a field goal, I'll take half points. I still think, you know, as Tim said yesterday, I still think they have the talent advantage. Watch this game five times. I mean, I know this is Notre Dame's best chance to do it, but I'm going to trust the Buckeyes. And you're going to see a lot of Big Ten flavor in my picks this week. So that's uh, that's going to be my fiver. That's a hint. Okay. I'm going with it. another one of the big games this week. Florida State minus two and a half at Clemson. I'm not basing this solely on Clemson's loss to Duke because that you know that was a little fluky uh, with all the you know blocked field goals and turnovers in the red zone and stuff like that. But it's more just that I think Florida State is more explosive, has the better quarterback, 
and is kind of ready to take control of the league back from Clemson. I think the LSU win filled them with some confidence. And I feel like last week was sort of a one-off with a weird environment up in Boston. Um, I think they'll be ready on Saturday. I better throw the ball to Keon Coleman. They want to do that. I stayed off that one. And okay. I, but I, I mean, you might as well with that short spread, you can go for it. Um, so my four is going to be Washington state at home, two and a half. I think they, you know, the cam ward thing. I know Oregon state's good. I feel like that's going to be a thriller. Um, like Oregon state's defense, but I think Washington state at home with cam ward playing the way he is, I'm going to trust it. Small upset. Um, and I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. That's one that I looked at. I was like, if he doesn't turn the ball over and they throw it around, I think the – whereas we want to kind of adopt Oregon State, I think we end up adopting Washington State instead. I'll go the Cougs. I agree with you, and you will see how much I agree with you a little bit later. <laughs> Four-pointer, Oregon. Right. Covers 20-and-a-half against Dion and the crew. Too much offense. Not afraid to run it up. They scored 81 points in the game this year. I can see a final in the 50s to the 20s kind of thing here at Autzen. So I say Oregon covers the 20 and a half. I stayed off of that game for that reason. I just, because I could see that happening, but I, I just won't put anything past Dion until I don't see it. But if that happens, we'll see everybody flee off the bandwagon. That's exactly yeah. what will happen. Uh, my three is a kind of a reach but i i think rutgers will cover 25 and a half against Ooh. michigan i think rutgers is three and oh i think they're pretty good up front the last time they were they were beating michigan at halftime last year they were and, and they lost by one score at michigan two years ago the wolverines will get a bump from jim harbaugh being back on the sideline and both of these coaches former nfl coaches with the new clock rules michigan oh and three against the spread with these large spreads the last three weeks. And I don't think they care. I think they, it's kind of like old school Michigan football where they're content to win 31, 17. And they were, they were a little sleepy last week, weren't they? They turned it over four times and didn't look real good. And they need to get Donovan Edwards going. So I still think they win at home, but Rutgers, any three and O team that's played defense as well as they've played decent quarterback, uh, Shiano, has done this a few times with Michigan. I I could see that being like 31 to 10, 31, 17. So I think Michigan ends up winning, but I'll take the big number. Interesting. I would, I would expect Harbaugh to wake these guys up this week, but they're kind of due for a breakout, but I don't know. But like you said, they are content. I, I do agree with that. They're content to win 30 to 10. Like that's fine with them. You know what I mean? So uh, my three pointer Tennessee gets right. Uh, 20 and a half. Covers the 20 and a half against UTSA early in the summer. We thought this was going to be a good game, uh, but Frank Harris has been hurt. He's still questionable. UTSA's quarterback. He's really good. UTSA has lost to Houston and army so far. I think Tennessee gets its act together after that ugly night in the swamp. You know, they're still good. Uh, and they're going to, you know, they're going to make plays against teams that don't match up athlete wise. So I think, you know, the balls will get right in this one. So give me the yeah, ball but, minus 20 and a half. Yeah, especially if Frank Harris doesn't play. I think that's right. a slam dunk. Um, two's going to be Wisconsin minus six against Purdue. Um, I know Wisconsin lost a game. I know, you know, it is what it is. But I think Fickle 
Well, that Purdue's was plus two, so. <laughs> right. Like, Purdue's not doing much better. And I got to, I'm going to look this up really quick. I should have looked this up. It's a Friday night game, too. Friday night. Right. And I think with that small spread, and now that I picked this game, I want to tell you just how long it's been. You know, one of the last times Purdue's beat Wisconsin, I knew this was that they haven't won that game since 2003. So Wisconsin's won one, two, three, four, five, six, a lot in a row in that series. And I'm going to trust that. And there's been some brutal ones. So I think Fickle keeps that streak going. I probably should have put that game a little higher. Okay. Uh, My two pointer. Notre Dame. Ooh, look at you. Plus, plus three. Homer, Homer pick. Versus Ohio State. Give me the green machine in this one. We talked about it earlier. Quarterback play can make the difference, and this is why Sam Hartman transferred to Notre Dame. By all accounts, he's done everything he can to soak up this one-year gig, and you know he's voted captain. He's played well in all the warm-up games. Now he gets his chance to show the NFL scouts what he can do in a pro offense against future pros. Everything has pointed to this moment for him. If the O-line gives him even slightly above average protection, Andy's going to be in great shape. The line needs to feed off the emotion in the stadium and just let let Sammy Heisman cook, Bill. The Irish fans will storm the field right in front of you. So give me the Irish on that one. Well, you're not allowed to celebrate because it's just another game, as I just texted my buddies this morning <laughs> that are getting on me about a – I did say, and, you know, your listeners, listeners can – we don't have to get – We'll go into it, but this will be their biggest win since 93, in my opinion. Bigger than the all about it at sportingnews.com. There's plenty there on that. And my buddies who are Notre Dame fans accused me of dotting the I and doing all these things that I'm not doing. But, you know, it's I can't wait. So I respect it. Um, For my one, I have I I was either going to take Oklahoma or Penn State. I'm going to go with Oklahoma with that four. Are you going to make me go 14 and a half? Because I think it ticked up. So I've got the, uh, I've got the spreads right here. Let me it see. was 14 at the beginning of the week. Um, I got the bet MGM line. Made me go 14 and a half then because I think it updated. It is 14 and a half. Take it. I'll take it anyway. I, I think Oklahoma goes in there, scores a bunch of points. You know, their pass offense is so efficient. Yeah, it's a weird setting. Nipper can be weird to play in for a minute, but. They just went to Tulsa and scored almost 70 points. I think we're going to start cluing in on Dylan Gabriel real soon as that under-the-radar Heisman guy is so efficient. So I'll go Oklahoma 1, trust that, and kind of like my board. Yeah, yep. And I'm uh, so my one-pointer is Wazoo, like you. Yep. I feel like the Pac-2 champions will be the Washington State Cougars. I'm on the Cam, Cam Ward bandwagon right now. I think he throws it um, enough to uh, to beat DJU and Oregon State. So that's my one-pointer. So the quick review, your five-pointer is Ohio State. Uh, Wazoo plus three is your four-pointer. Rutgers plus 25.5 is your three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin minus six, your two-pointer. And Oklahoma minus 14.5 is your one-pointer. I'm yeah, going to slack them to you so I don't have to look these up on – Sunday, like I, got, forget, I can't find them. That's right. You got, I got it written down right here. You got three Big Ten teams. I'm going with uh, Florida State at five points, minus two and a half. Oregon covering against Colorado at four. Tennessee covering UTSA, 20 and a half at three. Notre Dame plus three is my two pointer, and they're going to win outright. And then uh, one pointer, Wazoo, like you said, at plus three. So that's where we are. 
since I went zero and five last week, <laughs> I'm due to go five and zero this week, right? That's how no, it works. we're gonna lose one. But um, no, I didn't say <laughs> that out loud. Um, no, I'll, I'll take if I get five points on you each week. You know, you'll start peeking at the standings. All um, right, all right. Trochi, Trochi trivia: Who's your answer in uh, two thousand eight? Uh, neither Clemson nor Florida State was in the ACC title game. It, Clemson or Florida State reached everyone until 2021. So I went back beyond that one, all the way back to 2008. Can you name the ACC championship game in 2008 that did not have either Florida State or Clemson? So I'll probably get half credit. I, Boston College has got to be one of the teams. And then I, they either played – it was that run of Virginia Tech, but Georgia Tech squeezed the team in there. It's – oh, which year was it? I'm going to say Georgia Tech-Boston College. Half credit is correct. You just <laughs> said Virginia Tech, right? Is it Boston College, Virginia Tech, 2008. It was the one year uh, post-Matt Ryan. So, yes. Oh. They, still, they still made it. They played Virginia Tech. They lost 30-12. to 12. And then that Boston College team went on to the Music City Bowl mm-hmm. where they were beaten by the Vanderbilt Commodores. <laughs> no wonder. 16-14, giving Vanderbilt its first bowl win in 50 years. All, all roads lead to Nashville, <laughs> I suppose, on this podcast. Uh, I, I, I remember I knew it was New Boston College pretty confident. I should have just said – should because Virginia Tech had that run of ACC championship. I should have just – I thought you were being tricky. So I get 50%. I'll take it. 50%. So anyway, all right. Well, pack your bags, Bill. I hope they're already packed. It's only Wednesday. I think you got time actually. So you got time. I have a last minute packer. I'll get it done. But uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, this was a fun podcast. It's going to be an awesome week. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea. Thanks to the Irish Breakdown, they are going to be side-by-side up in the press box with Bill at uh, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. They'll have everything covered this week, before, during, and after the big showdown in South Bend. So be sure to check them out, too. We will be back. We were not doing a live show since Bill is on site this week, but we will have a wrap-up show at some point and then just kind of roll into week five. We appreciate everybody listening. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.